Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Tim Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're talking about the medium density rules. Oh yes, these are the new government rules, which means you can build up to three properties on your bit of land. But what are the rules and are there any fish hooks or catches? Well, that's what we're going to find out today. And to guide us through this, we're pleased to be joined by Hamish and Ruben from Service Land Surveyors in Christchurch. Welcome back to the show, team. Thanks for having us, Andrew. Now, just walk us through, Hamish. What are these new rules? What can I build and how many units? So the idea of the rules was to make housing more affordable and available. So they're prepared by the government and forced upon the councils, the Tier 1 councils, which is Auckland, Hamilton, Tauranga, Wellington, Christchurch, and the environs, including Selwyn and Wymac, and also Rotorua. Now, Rotorua request that they be included, and they have been because of the extreme shortage of housing in Rotorua. So, yes, the rules say that building up to three three-storey dwellings on any site with no minimum area is a permitted activity, provided you comply with the built form standards, which have also been set up by council, and everyone's complied with them apart from Christchurch City. They decided that they're a bit more special, so the rules had immediate effect in all the other councils, but in Christchurch City it hasn't had immediate effect because they've brought in a blanket-wide change to the recession plans, which means they've got to go through the whole hearing process and it'll be up to 12 months away before they can actually utilise them. So why have Christchurch done that? Part of the argument was that after the earthquakes, council looked at all this sort of stuff anyhow and made sure there's the suitable availability housing in all the right spots, et cetera, et cetera. That's arguable, all due respects to them. But And there was a lot of local community residents groups who weren't happy, and some of them understandably so, because although it's a great idea, I don't actually think it suits every part of town. There's some parts of town that people pay a premium to live in to not have this sort of stuff happening next door. And fair enough. So, you know, there's a lot of lobbying from these residence groups and the council agreed to not introduce it when they were meant to. And then that went before a commission or referee or whatever it was. And city council put forward what they thought was suitable for city. And he agreed and they've notified that. And it's going through the submission process now, which closes... Probably closed, yeah, Third closes of this week, so yeah, so the submission process is closed now and it's a matter of waiting for hearings and I'm not sure how much will actually change from what they've suggested because it's set out by government rather than a lot of input from locals. So walk us through as well, are the rules as simple as they sound? Is it really that easy to build three units up to three storeys each? on any plot of land in Auckland or Tauranga or Hamilton in these Tier 1 councils where the rules have been introduced? On paper, yes, probably, because you don't need the resource consent process. If you design to the parameters, which are pretty liberal, if you design to that, you don't need a resource consent. You still need a building consent, but you go straight for a building consent rather than a resource consent first. Or resource consent can take two, three months. Then after that, you do your building plans, and then it goes through the building consent process. So. You can do a straight to a building consent and get that. And if you can build them, basically they can be subdivided. It's worth noting that you can still get more than three properties of three stories on any given property. You just need to go through the normal process of getting a resource consent. 
yeah, it doesn't inhibit more intense development. It's just that it's not a permitted activity. It becomes a discretionary activity and council have the discretion to approve it or not. And so how big does my land have to be before I can take advantage of the new rules? As much as you've got. Really? So it doesn't actually There's matter There's no minimum area. If, you can, if you've got a good designer, I mean, just because you can build up to three doesn't mean you have to build three. Some sites might only suit two. And I see these provisions, one of their main users of these provisions will be the single house sites where there's a reasonably valuable house on the front and they might have 300 square metres at the back, which is too small to subdivide currently. All of a sudden they can build a house on the back, which they've probably wanted to for years, but you need neighbours' consents and be able to go through the whole process with no guaranteed outcome. This gives them a guaranteed outcome of being able to build on the back site without having to be at the mercy of neighbours. And am I affected if the land is a funny shape or there's an issue with getting services there? Does that play into it at all? Services are a key thing and um, some councils you need to get a servicing certificate that yes there is sewer capacity, water capacity. In some councils that is one of the qualifying matters is not sufficient servicing. So they haven't zoned those areas, they've left them out because they haven't got the funds or the wherewithal to extend the services or increase the size of them and the developer's not going to, so they've excluded those areas from the zoning. When I was initially reading the rules, it struck me that there was not much in the initial consultation documents or discussion documents about subdividing once you've built them. So my read of it was, Sweet, okay, I can build the three units on there, but am I going to be able to chop them up and sell them? You just said before that if you can build them, you can basically subdivide them. What's the story there? What's happened is that the building rules have come through first and the subdivision rules will be coming through next. And at the moment, the vacant lot rules in most councils revert back to the previous vacant lot minimum areas. And under the new rules in some councils, is going down as small as 200 square metres. But essentially, if you can build them, you should be able to subdivide them as well, even though the rules covering it aren't clear in the district plans. Okay, so, so if I can get my three units on there, then theoretically I should be able to get three separate titles for that, which is really important if you do want to sell one, but also from a funding perspective as well. So if you end up with four properties, four dwellings on one title, that is a very tricky thing to lend against. So not only does that affect your ability to borrow, but when you sell the property, you've got a limited pool of people if it isn't subdivided. Correct. And so, guys, what are the most common questions you're getting asked from people who are wanting to take advantage of this new rule? What can I do? Yep. That's one of the very common questions. The first thing they ask, what can I do? And what's the answer? Well, again, it depends on where you are. But like we've said, if you can design within the parameters, we can chop them up. Right. But in the city council at the moment, you can't actually take advantage of the new rules because they haven't got immediate effect because of the qualifying matter of changing the recession plans has taken away that immediate effect. And when it comes to that question of what can I do? So can I build three one-bedroom properties or can I do three two-bedroom properties or can I do a three-bedroom and a, you know, these kinds of things? Because once you've got, the idea that you want to develop something, it's like, well, what can I build that is going to make me the most money? Is it going to be three one beds, two two beds, you know, whatever it happens to be? How does somebody go about answering that question? Is it talking to a land surveying company or do you talk to an architect? Who's the best person to it's talk to? It's a design-led to? process. That, but basically, if you're going to use the 
rules to the max. It's a design-led process, so you really need to go to someone who's got their head around the new provisions and look at your site and work out what the building envelope is and what they can fit into it. Could well be a mix of you know, one and two bedders or whatever. And so is that an architect? Yep. Architect, architectural designer, someone like that, yep. We can put you in touch with some good people. So my question is, if I'm going to try and find an architect or an architectural designer in order to build on these, obviously it's very important to find somebody who's got their head around these rules rather than perhaps somebody who focuses more on designing high-spec homes. How do I go about finding somebody who would really understand this so that I can make sure that I, I make the most amount of money possible? A lot of the guys that are dealing with high-density zones at the moment anyhow, like the RMD zone and city council, they're already designing almost to these parameters. It's just that the rules are going to end up in the lower-density zones where they can build the living three-type stuff in the resident standard residential area. And that's the sort of thing that's got a lot of people's hackles up is that they NIMBYs, not in my backyard. How much of this are you guys actually seeing? Are there a lot of investors out there who are wanting to take advantage of these rules or is it a bit, bit more of a trickle? There was a lot waiting in the wings prior to council not accepting the recommendations that what they're meant to do. You can do it in Wymac and Selwyn, but very few have taken advantage of it. Some of them are taking advantage for the lower density infill, but they're not ready for three stories, three dwellings in those areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not, it's not really suited for the really high density stuff. And when you talked about NIMBYs before, they're not in my backyards. Can your neighbour stop you doing this, taking advantage of it? No. If you comply with the building standards and within your building envelope, they can't stop you. Right. So if you get – I'm thinking back to – remember the Williams Corporation boys got a rough time – because they were doing those townhouses in, in Merivale, which is an affluent area of Christchurch. The people in Merivale thought, no, I don't want that here, and then got in a stink about it, tried to slow them down through council. So they obviously, because they were complying with what the council requirements were, went ahead with it, no problem at all. But this is the same sort of thing. If, you, if you're going into an affluent area and you're going to build something that your neighbour doesn't like, it's tough luck. Yep, unfortunately, stiff bickies. But I think the key thing with these rules is that it's not really going to help or impact developers who are building at any size because the largest you can build within these fast-tracked rules, if I can call it that, are three units. And there are very, very few commercial developers out there, and by that I mean development businesses, who are out there building projects with only three units. Often they're building many, many more units. This is really going to impact your mum and dad investor who own a plot of land or owns an investment property and think, oh, we'll bowl that and build three. The next thing, though, that somebody's got to think about if they're in that situation is, is that going to be the right strategy for me? There was an excellent piece in one of Tony Alexander's newsletters where he was talking about this exact rules. I think it was a, a pair of people in their 60s saying, should we do this as our first development project? And in his view, the answer was absolutely not because there's a lot of risk in doing these kinds of developments. You're at the later stage of your life where preserving your wealth is very, very important. And on top of that, you've got still a decent labour shortage. You've still got a cost of building materials increasing and there's still a lot of risk if this is going to be your first project. So while this certainly could help a number of people get started, it's not going to be the thing that every single person out there with a plot of land should naturally think, I'm going to go and build three townhouses. Correct. I fully agree with you. 
And then what does a company like yours, a land surveying firm, what part do you play in the process now? Well, at the beginning of the project, we would look at the site for servicing and suitability for ground conditions and that sort of thing. And then we would head them towards a designer or architect to work out what they can actually fit on with it. There again, you need to take into account the location you're building in. Is this the size dwelling that people want to buy in this area? Are we going to be able to sell the things? So there's a lot of other things that come into it. But basically, surveyor first, designer second, surveyor third. And actually, I think a really good point there about making sure that your building is fit for purpose. Like, you know, there's no point saying, hey, look, we can build a three-story monstrosity here if you are in one of those areas that, you know, it's just not going to be practical. You're not going to have a market to sell Correct. that to. Correct. And if you end up building it and you can't sell it, then if you are building to sell, then that's not a great use of your resources. And in fact, we actually went through some properties that were, I think, Andrew, it was two bedrooms, but over three stories. And once you started to get into it, some of it appears just a little bit pokey. So what I'm trying to suggest is that sometimes you might not want to build as intensive as you possibly can, because you might get something that, you know, just doesn't feel quite natural in terms of how it flows. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. And look, if you've got a friend who is thinking about maybe developing their site under these new rules, why don't you share this show? Not only are they going to get the content, but that is one of the main ways that you can help build this property investment community that we're putting together. And of course, these guys are from Service. That is spelled S-U-R-V-U-S. You'll be able to Google their name, find their website if you are in Canterbury or Auckland and are looking for a land surveying company. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ted McKnight. I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of using the property market. Until next time.